Hello, I'm Zev Newworth, and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, and bold solutions on how to advance the creation of a customer-oriented value-based system of health. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization. Folks, I am beyond excited about our conversation today and our guest who's here. Uh, Our our focus is going to be broadly on this issue of creating consumer-oriented value-based healthcare, but we're going to be speaking with who I consider to be an unusual visionary and, and leader in healthcare, someone who's a highly accomplished physician and entrepreneur. He's clearly, in my mind, reframing healthcare, as we'll discover and let, let me just give you a, a, a little clip of what you're going to hear in this interview. Oh, my God. Why not two-sided marketplaces where you put the patient and the provider back in control of what they both want, right? Providers provide a service. Patients want to consume that service. I'm delighted to have Dr. David Berman join us today on uh, the podcast Dr. Berman is a gastroenterologist and hepatologist. He's trained at the prestigious University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. He is a highly accomplished physician, physician leader. He's published in his field of hepatology and spoken extensively on his area of subspecialty. He is also a very, very savvy and successful business person, entrepreneur, having built a practice and now having founded a company called Slingshot, which I really want to explore with him because I, in our conversations we've had uh, up till now by telephone, I've just been so, so fascinated with how he came up with this idea, how he's deploying it and how rapidly it's growing. And I, I just felt compelled to ask him if I could interview him and share this with you all. So David, without further ado, how are you today? I am very well, Zev, and I, uh, I appreciate your kind words. I hope to uh, continue to earn that respect and those adulations. So I just wonder if you could just give us a sense of your background and your career, you know, thumbnail sketch about kind of where you came from and, and how you got to where you are today. So uh, first off, and most importantly, this is not about me. Um, it's about being able to help and serve others. And I think being raised that way by my parents and then by their parents creates a foundation upon which I have built a life that seemed to have been somewhat predestined. Uh, I've been working since I'm 12 or 13 years of age, um, either mowing grass, uh, shoveling snow. I started my first company in high school installing CB radios. Um, that gives away some to some people that my age I have flipped burgers, I paved roads, and um, very fortunate, gone to medical school, was able to compress four years into three, and while I was waiting for my class to graduate my fourth year, uh, moved back from Chicago to New York and sold kid shoes and painted apartments. So I've always been working, and I think that gave me a chance to understand the value not just of life, but the value of human labor. And... I've always tried to maximize that on a daily basis. So after finishing medical school, I came back uh, to New York City to do my internship and residency, left there and did my fellowship in uh, Pittsburgh in GI and liver disease, liver transplantation, came back to New York, uh, joined the staff at Mount Sinai and started my own practice and built that from solo to a multi-specialty group uh, practice that's still uh, operating on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. How many, how many providers, how many, how many physicians and... Other providers are in that practice that you built up? We have a, 
about half a dozen. And is it is it uh, obviously gastroenterology, hepatology, which is your area of specialty? What other areas are there represented in your group? Um, we have uh, cardiology, we have neurology, uh, we have other internists, another gastroenterologist, we have a nurse practitioner. So we do primary care and some of the subspecialties and uh, physiatry. So you have this practice. It sounds like it's doing well and you decided to do something else. You decided to create this other company. So tell us what Slingshot is and tell us what problem it solves for patients and, and healthcare consumers as well as for providers. So my youngest son was home. We were talking about some stuff, talking about marketplaces. And that idea just struck me. We're talking about one-sided marketplaces. I said, oh my God, why not two-sided marketplaces where you put the patient and the provider back in control of what they both want, right? Providers want provide a service, patients want to consume that service. And we know that the average provider has four to five openings per day. That translates into a loss of potential revenue of around $250,000, basically four or five um, seats in an airplane empty. At the right, but that, that they don't fill each day. Right. So is that, is, that a, is that an average or is that just your experience? Is, that's an that average. Really? Nationwide. And that's why there have been so many attempts over the last 15 plus years of filling empty appointment slots. And a number of companies that, that have tried to do that are trying to do that. And they go about it in very different ways. Again, the ways they go about it, I don't think put the people, people being providers and patients, in control of the destiny. So we know that there's supply. And in addition... We understand that the cost per provider of doing business, of insurance billing and support that billing is about seventy-five dollars to $90,000 per provider. And in addition to that, there's another $65,000 per provider in unpaid medical bills. And we know patients wait on average 24 to 32 days. On average, you have, you, we have the supply of time. We have the demand on the patients. And what we do is we create a marketplace bringing that supply of time and demand of patients into Slingshot Health, and we do it at no risk for either the patient or the provider. We don't charge a membership fee. There's no joining fee. There's no maintenance fees. There's nothing. We're free to join and operate fully in our marketplace. What we do in essence is, so if you're looking at a graph and you have cost and supply, we move the x-axis to the right. We increase supply at no additional cost. So what we're doing is we're bringing all that supply physician time back into the marketplace at no cost to the marketplace. It's there. Right. Right. Because it's there. It's, it's already. And so let's say I'm a provider or a provider in a private practice or a provider in a healthcare system or a hospital system. How would I enter into the slingshot market, uh, health market? And if I was a patient, how do I enter into it? What does that look like? I want to, I like to say that we're uber easy because the truth, um, <laughs> do it in two ways. Physicians can join organically by themselves. They go onto slingshothealth.com. They click join your practice and it's a very simple menu. Some occasionally get hung up. We do ask for their bank account. Uh, we use an, in, we use Stripe, which is an independent financial processing company. A lot of large companies use them. They're one of the biggest in the, in the world. 
So it's 100% secure. We need the provider's bank account number because we need to know where to put the money. It's that simple. They gave us locations. They gave us their providers. It could be number of providers. It could be number of locations. Our system is robust enough to handle multiple locations, multiple physicians. They also have a chance of adding information on a profile page, including a, a picture, a trust statement is what we ask them to lead off with, education, certifications. So we need to make sure that the patients understand that the providers that they're getting access to are really good, high quality providers. On the patient side, it's even maybe easier if that's possible. If you've ever joined Uber or some similar platform, um, it's identical with us. To join, we just need your name. We don't even ask for a birth date. We ask for a birth year, a birth gender, and a payment method, credit card, debit card. You can use your HSA or FSA accounts, and you're done. You're up and running. Again, no fee. How do you connect to the provider's side? How do you know what the slots are? Does someone have to manually say we have open appointments this day, or are you connected to their scheduling program? How does that work? Sure. So, And that's a great question, Steph. Thank you. We intentionally stay away from integrating into EMR, EHR systems. What we do is the patient, so if you were to go on to our homepage, slingshothealth.com, if you put in any Manhattan zip code, we have over 60 different specialties up and running from primary care, secondary care, imaging, labs, alternative medicine, complementary medicine, wellness, including personal training and spin classes. And I'm just using the term patient for ease of conversation. The patient tells us what they want. They tell us when they want it. They give us a date um, and they give us a time window. And we tell them an average price for the service that they're seeking. That average price is determined by us going through a bunch of different databases and looking at payer outcomes. They use that as guidance. They determine how much they want to request or bid for that service. When they do that, that bid goes out to all the providers that could perform that service for that patient. So let's say they had a cough and they want to see an internist or anybody that can handle that cough. That bid goes out to all the internists in that care zone. So we take the area code that they're seeking service in. We build automatically a 20 to 30 minute time uh, window in terms of travel. All the providers get that notification or their proxy. You're going to have your practice manager do it. You could have your scheduler, a biller. You can have a super practice manager do it. The provider can, get, can do it also in addition to that. So they get an email notification that a patient wants to be seen. It all pops up on their homepage at Slingshot Health. They have a marketplace and they have three options. They can either ignore the bid, they can accept the bid, or they can counter bid. If I'm sitting there on the provider side and this person, this uh, healthcare consumer patient has a cough. They said, uh, I'm willing to pay $50 um, and I want to be seen. Do you give like a, a, is it like a day or can they say, I want to be seen today or tomorrow or Friday? Or is it that specific in terms of how a patient can pinpoint it? Or is it more kind of a, a range? So to date, um, the average booking is four days in advance. Um, patient gets to choose the date and a time window. In the very, very near future, they're going to be able to choose up to four dates and four time windows. Well, I would assume that if I wanted to be seen like this afternoon, that I would probably have to pay more, right? I, I'm saying, okay, look, 
I want to be seen at six o'clock today because I work until five and today's the day and I'm not feeling well and I'm willing to pay $150 for a, you know, an internist or family medicine doctor or anyone for that matter if you could see me today. Can I literally put that bid out as a patient? It's, a, it's an open marketplace. You get to choose how much you want to spend and when you want to be seen. The providers get to choose how much they want to charge and when to see you. And if there's a match between those two variables, done. And it works efficiently because the provider gets to choose how much they're going to, to, to charge and when in that time window they're going to see the patient. And you have multiple providers being alerted to that one patient's bid. And because the payment's in cash, and here's the beauty of this, we guarantee payments to the provider. The patient has a very short window to cancel upfront initially, but then if they don't show or they don't cancel, you the provider gets paid in full. And if they cancel from 24 hours to one hour before the appointment, there's a $25 cancellation fee. That's automatically applied. That request or the bid from the patient cannot go out to the marketplace to the providers unless there is available funds in the method that they use to join Slingshot Health. When you request an Uber driver, your funds have to be in that account that you joined Uber with for that request to go out. And if you don't show up for that drive, that ride, you still get charged. We kind of think that the provider's time is almost as valuable as an Uber driver's time. And all the current ways that people are trying to solve open, you know, open appointments for providers, they don't protect the provider, right? If there are no shows and no cancellation, then the provider's stuck again. Right. There's no skin in the game on the patients or healthcare consumer. You know, I don't show up, I don't pay. Right. But in the meantime, to your point, you have a physician slot or provider slot that went unused, which obviously harms the provider side. But it's it's also from a marketplace perspective, it's just a waste. You have a doctor sitting there, you know, uh, twiddling their thumbs, essentially. It's gross inefficiency. And that hurts not just the provider and now the patient, <laughs> but society in general. If you just multiply that times all the doctors and all the time slots that go unused and patients didn't show up. Well, to your point, I think this is an important point because I could see people saying, well, you know, pushing back and saying, well, I don't want to pay because I didn't show up and I didn't get the service. But, you know, at the same time, there's another patient that could have used that slot. And because you didn't cancel with enough time, the physician couldn't fill it in. So I agree with you. You know, when I call Uber, when I use Uber or Lyft or you're right, I think about it twice because they're going to charge me. If I'm not there at that corner, they're going to charge me. Exactly to your point, Zeb. If the patient can say that, then why can't the physician double book knowing that three or four times a day, somebody's not going to show up and not cancel? Well, you know what? So that's what happens though, right? So I know yeah. it's a provider, right? And again, I've, I've been working on this for years in large hospital systems and ambulatory systems. So you know, your history is, you know that there's a 20% no-show rate or 10 to 20% no-show rate, right? Whatever it is, or even more. 20%, yeah. Okay. So then what you do is in order to stay in business, you have to say, well, I have to overbook 20%. Now, the problem with that is huge because what happens is number one, if you overbook 20%, and again, there's no average here. It's, it, it just goes up and down. So if that day I've overbooked an extra four or five patients, okay, and everyone shows up, 
that means people are going to be waiting a tremendous amount of time and customer satisfaction goes down. People are really pissed off and rightly so. But on the other hand, I have to do that because otherwise I'm, I'm not going to make a margin. I'm going to go out of business. I can't support my practice if, I'm, if I got a 20% no-show rate. So I have to overbook. And by the way, not only are the patients upset, but the providers are upset and the staff are upset because now they're just, you know, going crazy, just trying to see all the patients in the appropriate time and do customer service and good patient care. So the no-show rate and the ways we compensate for it are really terrible. And, and it just exacerbates the problem. And in the end, what I found is you, you stop doing it because it's, it's, you cannot overbook to meet the no-show rate because it just, it's so variable. Some days everyone shows up, some days, you know, what happens then, not only if everyone shows up, what if you have that one or two people that show up because of last minute emergency, stuff like that. It's a mess. So I really love your model, which says, look, if you don't want to show up, let the doctor know so that they can fill it. And if you don't, if I knew I was going to get charged a hundred dollars, 150 or 200, whatever for an appointment, you, you know, I'm going to be there, right? I'm going to make sure I'm there. It's not, I'm not going to no show just because whatever reasons, right? A hundred percent. And I'll tell you something else. There are industries that have adopted that, right? At least in Manhattan, for restaurants, when you make a reservation for Saturday or Friday night, they want your credit card. It's a commodity. They have a table. If they don't fill that table and, you know, make those four covers or four dinners, they're out. Right. And I think what people don't understand is, you know, just like the restaurant industry, the margins are extremely thin. I mean, <laughs> and healthcare, healthcare, right? Yeah. I mean, well, we, we fixed that too. I don't want to, you know, get ahead of ourselves, but we fixed the margins with healthcare because, Here's an interesting concept, and it goes hand in hand with our cancellation policy. Again, the provider's time is very valuable, and society has, and along with the provider, invested a lot of time and effort in providing that time back to the marketplace to perform goods and services related to healthcare. So on the other side of that relationship is that it's a cash payment that we guarantee to the provider. So in terms of overhead and efficiency and costs, not having to worry about co-pays and $20 bills floating off into the ether, not worrying about balanced billing and sending out three monthly statements that cost you 7 to $10, not worrying about the administrative costs, not worrying about the clawbacks that potentially could happen years later. We create as efficient a payment system as possible to the provider. We save them tons of administrative costs and time. It's kind of nice. I see you know patients through Singshot Health I'm up at 4.28 in the morning. I get to my office by about 6. And I do, you know, the corporate work. And it's nice to see, um, you know, payment slingshot health. <laughs> right, right. You get, you, right. Worry. Your, your own practice is getting paid by slingshot. You've cut out a lot of this administrative cost. And so there's actually a savings to the provider and overall in, in the market. You know, but you, you're also, from our previous conversations, it also sounds, because I asked you this question, it sounds like there's actually less cost for the patient because the patient is bidding. And, and, and I said, you know, it's interesting, in our correspondence you wrote, and I'm going to read this because, again, I think you're so eloquent. I asked you, how is Slingshot Health advancing the consumerist approach, right? The consumer. Uh, and, and you said Slingshot Health is democratizing healthcare, giving the individual back their voice, their vote in their healthcare destiny. No longer do you have to beg for what you need, but you have direct, no risk access to what you want. And you also have lower costs. So, I know if I go to an internist or family medicine doctor, it could be it could be a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred. But if I do slingshot, I could say, look, you know, I'm willing to wait another three, four, five days, but um, I want to pay forty bucks. 
which is a lot less than I would pay otherwise, I can do that. And I can put that bit out there. You know, I said to you, when you said that to me, I, I asked you, well, geez, it sounds like the providers are going to get paid a lot less. And I loved your response. Could you share what your response would be to that? Sure. Um, first of all, the providers don't have to get paid less. They don't have to take that bid. They can counter bid. So they're still in control of what they charge. Right. But on the other hand, they get paid with 100% efficiency and transparency. And there's no more that the, the time and affection that it takes to, to get that money, right? And actually, nobody knows what they're going to pay in healthcare today. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. My son-in-law is an army veteran, smart, very smart guy. He's a math teacher now in the Bronx. And he had a sinus infection, so he was calling around. He couldn't get into the Bronx VA. And uh, he's a very independent guy. And he starts calling around urgent care centers. How much is it going to cost for me to, to be seen? I have a sinus infection. Well, how do you know that you have a sinus infection? Because I've had a hundred of them before, you know. Right. <laughs> it does rocket science. How much is it going to cost? And nobody could tell them. How often do we enter into a into a marketplace to obtain a good? Right. Not know the cost ahead of time. Do you go to stop and shop and not know how much that loaf of bread is that you're about to check out and buy? Right. Of course you do. Right. Not in health. Right. And the cost is going to be variable because it can be different for two different two different people with the same insurance policy. Different for times the, it's just it's insane. It, it's I will tell you, even as a physician and a physician executive, and you know, in population health, as a patient, you're absolutely right. I have no clue what anything's going to cost. And on the provider side, it's even if we want to be completely transparent and say to an individual, "Here's what it's going to cost you." unless there's some special structure we set up like bundle payments or something like that, it's really, and even in those, it's really, really tough to figure it out. There's no great algorithm I'm, I'm familiar with that will allow you to actually tell a patient, this is exactly what it's going to cost you. And what's the effort Zeb, to do that? And if you're seeing 20 people a day to do that 20 times, what does it cost? Right. All these underlying almost hidden costs that we're subjected to, and after all these decades, we're used to it. We don't even think about it, right? Who thought about, you know, wow, marketplace and healthcare? Why not? And we can, bring, and back to the point, we democratize healthcare. We give people, providers, patients, both, a voice back in their healthcare destinies. We provide 100% transparency. So we have a success fee that we charge. We take 7.5% of the accepted bid at the time of the appointment. So we have skin this game too. We only win if everybody else wins. We give 100% price transparency. We split the credit card fee in that same proportion with the provider. So the provider walks away with about 90 cents on the dollar within 48 hours. And usually 24, but our law firms say we have to say 40 in case there's a federal holiday. So we give the transparency, we give accessibility. Right. We give that to the patient and we also give affordability. They determine how much you're going to pay. So we bring voices back into a marketplace that's very unusual in that it's entered into involuntarily. <laughs> if you want to take an Uber, OK, you can walk. If you're in New York City, you can take the bus, you can take the subway, you, can, you have lots of options. Well, healthcare is not that type of a marketplace. People are forced into entering it involuntarily billions of times. Yeah, and another point about Slingshot Health, we're about providing a global experience in healthcare for our consumer, our people, right? 
you can go medical, you can go dental, you can go alternative, you can go complementary, you can even do wellness and personal training. Why not? Why not prevent people from becoming patients and giving them access to healthcare to prevent them from getting sick? So where, where are you? Let, let me ask this, some specifics here, concrete questions. Where geographically, what, you know, are you in all five boroughs of Manhattan and New York or beyond that? Where, where are you? How many providers are on Slingshot? We're mainly in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, a number of reasons for that. Obviously, we have our greatest um, reach in Manhattan. We also have the luxury of the majority of New Yorkers either work in Manhattan or have direct access, easy access into Manhattan. We have about 800 providers wow. in Manhattan. Wow. On Slingshot. On Slingshot and growing. But your patient base, we say Manhattan, how many people, I mean, including the people who come in from the boroughs to work in Manhattan, do you think your base is there? We, the number of uh, patients on our um, website is in excess of 12,000 mm-hmm. and growing. So we just, we, we opened up our doors about a year ago to start kind of testing the system. And it's really important for me to, to segue into this. Everything's being done here in Manhattan our programming, our marketing, our business, on the front of every one of our offices is our team DNA. And two strands, obviously, one is humility and the other is loving kindness. And that's what this is about for me and for us. It's about not just being able to serve others and help others, but to be able to create a value in our lives. That's why people go to medical school for the most part. And people do lots of other things. You know, we get one pass through life. And we will cease to exist one day. And what this is about to me is to create a value or a light in my life that lasts beyond my existence. If I could help people and if I could really help people and everybody here at Slingshot thinks that way, by creating a value to what we do during the day and helping others, making it a better place, Mm -hmm. we will have accomplished a lot. It's only been a year. And already 12,000 people, uh, healthcare consumers, and 800 providers, and you're in Manhattan. From my perspective, that sounds like a tremendous growth. Do you have plans to go outside of Manhattan? Do you have plans to go outside of the state? I'm looking, I'm even thinking about employers. I mean, our employers looking at you and saying, maybe we'll sign up our all our employee base on, you know, with this slingshot. We're now 28 full-timers. Um, we just started our second round of fundraising uh, on the pro- other side, we have some major contracts that we're fulfilling. So we're opening in New Jersey. We have a partnership with Hackensack Meridian Health, and that's rolling out now. We have a partnership with Prospect Medical Holdings. They're in six states. We are opening in Connecticut um, next month. Uh, we are in talks with some other healthcare systems from around the country. We anticipate some other openings in other states next year. We also have a partnership with U.S. News and World Report. Um, as people may know, they rank not only colleges, but they rank hospital systems. We have a partnership with them, and approximately five to seven million um, unique Americans land on their healthcare pages every month. What we're doing first is dentistry. So we have a number of dentists in Manhattan and the boroughs, and they're building out dental landing pages. So when somebody lands on one of the dental landing pages, there's a huge widget straight dead center that brings him into the slingshot powered marketplace to get appointments for dentists. Next year, they open up their healthcare pages for us, giving us access to all those Americans. 
we will bring that access to that uh, American seeking health care. Wait, wait, so, so with US News and World so, Report, what exactly are they, I, and I missed this, I'm sorry, what exactly are they doing with you? Are they advertising you? Or are they? Yes. So there's a there's a slingshot widget that pops up on the uh, landing page. If somebody lands on one of the, if, if they query now dentistry and any of the codes that we have a dentist or dentists, our marketplace is open, they will see a slingshot widget um, giving them access to putting a bid into making an appointment with a dentist. Why is US News and World Report doing that? Yes, we have a partnership. So there's a revenue share with them. But again, no cost to our patients or providers. We're... Slingshot Health is bearing that one directly. Wow. So this is going to spread you nationally. We anticipate covering um, over 20 municipal service areas in the next two to three years and potentially more. We also have a contract with a dental one of the biggest dental service organizations. There are 19 states. Once we get the U.S. News dental landing pages a little bit more fine-tuned, we'll start opening up their locations or in talks with other dental service organizations and we anticipate hopefully being, you know, nationwide in dentistry, maybe a little bit quicker than in um, medical. Is the no-show in dentistry uh, similar to medicine in terms of that kind of 20% mark, or is it lower or higher? It's probably very similar, but it's an interesting marketplace in that there's a slight difference where um, probably close to 100 million Americans don't have any dental insurance, and the majority that do it's not really insurance. It's a prepayment plan. It's like a shit that covers the first thousand or $1,500. And all you need is a count or a crap. I've actually personally used Slingshot Health for my tooth extraction and my cap and crown. Yeah, in dentistry, I think it's a little easier uh, row for us than in medical because people are used to paying cash for their dental needs. Right. And and access is such a, a you know an issue as well. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Folks, so you've been listening to the interview that I recorded with Dr. David Berman, the CEO and founder of Slingshot Health. I have to apologize. The last few minutes of the interview were cut off by a technical glitch and I couldn't get it back on there. So, But I will tell you this, in the time uh, that we spoke that uh, I wasn't able to share with you, I had a chance to really explore uh, a bit more about the uh, personal side of uh, Dr. David Berman. And, you know, I just want to share with you, when I asked him, what are you most proud of in your work? Uh, his response was, Zev, it's being able to serve others, to create value to my life uh, that will hopefully extend beyond my life and my existence. It's really to be a light onto others. And um, his response and, and the conversations we had were really just so inspiring. He is clearly a spiritual person. He is grounded in giving, and his story and his life exemplifies that. And at the same time, he's also a very, very practical, very experienced, uh, very sound business person and entrepreneur. And it's just, it's really just an incredible combination. It's just great to actually see that. And again, I think you've seen that in, in so many of the people that I uh, had the opportunity to interview and to share with you in this podcast series. Dr. David Berman is one of those folks. As always, I want to thank uh, all of you out there who are doing the hard work each and every day of taking care of patients or those of you who are supporting those who are taking care of patients. I and we truly appreciate you for what you do. We recognize how critically important it is uh, the work that you do for individuals, families, communities, and our society. 
And as always, I, I hope this podcast provides you with some useful information as well as some encouragement and inspiration. And again, my purpose here is to really catalyze a positive action in healthcare, transformative action. This is Seven New Earth on creating a new healthcare. Until next time, be well.